welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube channel, based on a podcast. Uh, we took a few weeks off um, because I had uh, some stuff happen. So um, for those of you who don't know, uh, my father passed away at the beginning of June, or end of June, sorry, it's it's been a few weeks, at the end of June, and so I was, you know, taking care of that and uh, just didn't have the, the bandwidth or, or time uh to really go see anything uh i assume you understand if not um that's a you problem (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah we're back and uh, we have we have more episodes planned for for the rest of the summer for sure um you know you'll get your lion king episode and your stranger things episode and uh the long lost shazam episode should be out by the time (laughs) you listen to this oh Uh, so, yep. Uh, but anyway, as always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. And I'm Michael Morey. And this week we're joined by a uh, guest, a a longtime uh, friend of the show and original co-host of the Before and After Show, Corey Tyndall. Hello, Internet world. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for coming on. Um, <clears throat> Corey's here, which means one thing and one thing only. We are going to talk about a spider Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> which means one of two things. We are going to talk about a Spider-Man movie or a Jurassic <laughs> World movie. Next um, summer. Next summer, MJ. Is it next summer? <clears throat> oh, yep. No. They finished the Jurassic World ride at Universal. I don't yeah. know if you saw that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I was so mad. I was <laughs> like, so man... Pissed. I gotta make MJ and I gotta make a trip. I refuse. <laughs> I will not go on that ride. Come on, man. If I if we gotta do that. If it, somehow okay. you know what? If you made the trip out here for that, yeah. Would you do it? I would do it with you. Yeah. Hold me to that. If you made right. the trip out here, I, we would I would do it with you. You guys heard it here. That so. is the only circumstance in which I would ride that ride. <laughs> the only circumstance. <laughs> And also, we'll film us riding it because I'm just going to be going boom the whole ride. <laughs> Have you seen the videos of it? No. Oh, yeah. is it terrible? Um, I mean, it doesn't look like they changed too much. Is it they... still a water ride? It's still a water ride. Okay, that's. Um, I mean, that's better. They that's... just added like a section where there's like screens, you know, because that's in the Indominus. The yeah. Indominus Rex. Bad. Yeah, and Chris Ugh. Pratt shows up at one point. Does he really? Yeah, like his, on yep. video uh, uh, <laughs> well, we're going to take more time off because I'm dead now. That information <laughs> murdered me. Oh, golly. Are you serious? Yeah, he does. Uh, you, yep. you shouldn't have entered into this agreement so you knew the full details. Uh, I just, you I just guys heard it your... here. This is happening. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I hate everything. I will say they are redoing the Jurassic Cafe into a uh, a restaurant called Isla New Bar, and I think that's pretty great. Uh, yes, it's okay. Yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty good. That's pretty I'll, good. I'll allow that for sure. Uh, anyway, we're not here. We have talked too much about Jurassic World for this podcast. <laughs> More. <laughs> we we are gonna, I guess we do have a whole episode that needs to get redone at some point. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, podcast so, took a crazy turn. Yeah, Sorry yeah. about that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so we're here to talk about Spider-Man: Far From Home, which is roughly the 
thirtieth piece of Spider-Man content we have received in the last two years. Yeah, um, <laughs> and uh, it is the Marvel movie and the third uh, or the the final yes. film in the Phase Three of the the MCU and the second Spider-Man movie under that umbrella. And it is a direct follow-up to, well, Endgame, obviously, which we'll talk about in a second, and Spider-Man Homecoming, which was his introduction into the MCU proper. Uh, you know, he got introduced in Civil War and played by Tom Holland. That first movie was really well-received, I think. Um, one of easily, easily the best live-action Spider-Man since Spider-Man 2. Yes. And <clears throat> just like a really crowd-pleasing, entertaining movie that kind of, you know, held all of the Marvel staples, including um, adding a twist in there that was one of my favorite things in the MCU. We yeah. were just talking about that the other day. I was talking about this with Hannah, and I was just like, no one saw that coming. Somehow nope. it, it didn't get leaked. And I remember being in the theater and, like, hearing people audibly gasp when it, that door opens yeah. and you're just like oh my gosh yeah no i i so i don't know why because i usually avoid these things like plague but i went to the thursday night like 7 p.m super crazy fan showing of that one i i, I had to have like been out of town that, that weekend and not been able to see it or something yeah. there was some reason i would have been there you know, the the big criticism of that movie was that they had given the entire thing away in the trailers, and that was not untrue. Mm. Yeah. Um, but when that moment happened, my jaw hit the ground. I was just like, "What?" Like, the, I, and it was the it was so perfectly executed because there isn't mm. there isn't a hint of that twist anywhere in the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's also not cheap. You know, it's it's yep. it's played perfectly for that. And, it you know, it obviously alters the movie quite a bit, but it also the movie isn't hinged on that. Yeah, mm -hmm. either. I think it's it's really it, it, it's the perfectly executed twist. And one of the best examples of having a twist in a movie I've seen in probably since the early M. Night Shyamalan days. Um, so that was directed by John Watts, who. Um, got a lot of indie cred for making the film Cop Car with Kevin Bacon, uh, which is available on Netflix. I've heard it's good. I haven't seen it. And then uh, he rolled right into Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, so Spider-Man Far From Home takes place a number of months after Endgame or weeks. Uh, it, it takes place after the events of Avengers Endgame. So five years uh, after the events of Spider-Man Homecoming. Is yes. is when this this movie takes place, and it finds Peter and his friends who got uh, caught up in what is canonically referred to as the blip. Yes. Uh, what? Um, <laughs> where the, the basically when when Thanos snapped them out of existence, and then the Avengers time traveled their way into uh, spoilers for Endgame. If you haven't seen it, uh, oh. it's on you. Um, Tony Stark's dead. Yep. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the 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 people stayed the same age, but time continued here. So you know, one of the characters has this line about how his little brother is now older than him, which is that was like a fun little like, oh, that is weird. 
and because th that's how they're going to handle this. And so it starts with them kind of reacclimating to life and um, Peter and his friends are going to go on some European trip with his science class or his academic decathlon team, something like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of him wanting a vacation. It's Spider-Man's European vacation. And he doesn't want to deal with the suit. He doesn't want to deal with... He finds out Nick Fury's getting, wanting to get a hold of him. And he just, like, needs a break after Endgame, obviously. Understandably. He's still, yeah, and he's he's still processing the death of Tony. Um, and sort of the, 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 the death of Black Widow. And um, having been in space. And having disappeared for five... Like, a lot of stuff has happened to Peter yes. Parker. In not a lot of time. And so... Uh, he goes to, to Europe, and while they're in Europe, these big creatures made up of the elements start attacking various cities in Europe, and a mysterious hero, uh, pun not intended, so <laughs> now where it is, uh, that ends up earning the nickname Mysterio, is there to defeat them, but he recruits Peter. Uh, he's been recruited by Nick Fury to help track them down and Peter helps fight them basically. Uh, and uh, Mysterio is from a different earth. And that's why the elementals, Thanos basically broke the cosmos when he snapped is, is what we find out, but then twists later. Uh, and so he, Mysterio and Spider-Man have to team up to fight these elementals. And that's the basic premise of Spider-Man Far From Home. Until it's not. <laughs> and uh, yes. uh, so then that ends up not being the case at all. And Mysterio is actually a villain who's a disgruntled former employee of Tony Stark, who is basically using special effects, highly advanced special effects trickery to conjure these elementals. And he has like a whole disgruntled troop of former Stark Industries employees who are trying to get back at dead Tony through Peter um, by uh, more on that later uh, by, by doing this and essentially replacing Iron Man while there's a vacuum in the Iron Man's position because Tony's dead now um so that's the actual plot of Spider-Man Far From Home, and then Spider-Man has to stop him. Uh, also, Nick Fury is a Cree for no real reason. And uh, <laughs> more on that later as well. So that's that's kind of it. Also, in the midst of that, Peter's dealing with uh, his feelings for me. And uh, if you got that, good <laughs> on you. Um, and uh, having to... <laughs> Mike hated that. And <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Mike turned into the Fallout 4. Everyone disliked that meme. <laughs> um, so Peter's trying to figure out his his you know first relationship, and uh, his buddy Ned gets in his first relationship, and that's you know it's sort of like people pairing off and and romantic relationships and kind of the messiness is sort of what the movie's after in the, I don't want to say the human stuff, but in the not stuff happening in the suit thing. Um, so Corey, we'll start with you. What did you think of Spider-Man Far From Home? You know, I'm always excited to see a Spider-Man movie. 
And in the run of Spider-Man movies over the last 10 years, the last couple Spider-Man movies I've gotten, I've really enjoyed. I liked Far From Home a lot. Coming off the heels of Spider-Verse, it, like, it's kind of, like, I don't, it's hard to compare them. I don't want to compare them, but there is some of, like, Spider-Verse was such a unique, amazing thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I, I liked Far From Home. I'm still kind of in, like, you know, as we'll talk about more on the podcast, there was a lot of things I liked about Far From Home. There were some things I liked, I think, that Homecoming did slightly better. But I overall really enjoyed the film. I liked the the villain. I thought Mysterio was interesting. But we can get more into nuances. But overall, I thought it was, like, a really well-done film. Um I think it's up there in Spider-Man movies that we have. Hmm. Uh, You want to go first or you want me to, Mike? Uh, You go ahead. Okay. Well, I think this might be the hardest we ever have disagreed, Corey. All right. Um, I'm only a few hours removed from my viewing of this movie. Yep. The more I think about it, the less I like it. Uh, (laughs) I didn't love it when we saw it. I guess I'll, my general thoughts are this. The movie's a damn mess. <laughs> it's a mess. Uh, it's just, it, it's so it's so overstuffed and as a result becomes like really unfocused really quickly, I thought. Like there's no I can't tell you what the gist of that movie was thematically. <laughs> I have no idea what that movie was trying to say. It had nothing to say. Yeah. But it also, like, was both overly and underly concerned with wrapping up the loose ends of Endgame. Mm-hmm. But it also was both overly and underly concerned with dealing with Peter moving on from Tony's death and kind of, like, becoming his own person. Like, it's just, it's just weird. It's a weird movie, and the structure is insane. It's got a weird structure. Like, I saw it with another friend of the show, Robert. And he was basically like, it's like two halves of a movie and the first half has three acts and then the second half has like two acts. But there, it's like really disjointed and it, I don't know, man. It was weird. I liked some of the performances. I thought the ideas behind Mysterio were good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I, it didn't explore them in the in a satisfying way. It didn't explore them in a way that I wanted it to. But the mid credit scene set up kind of a way I wanted that to be explored. Like Mysterio's yeah. set up <laughs> as like this this character who wants to like control the information stream. And I think that's a really interesting villain. I've always liked characters who are like that there's the is it which James Bond movie is it? Oh, uh, it's the tomorrow world never of, dies. Is it tomorrow never dies. Mm-hmm. I really like that villain too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the or his, Carver. Yeah, yeah. I like his premise, which is basically like control the information stream. I right. think that's a really interesting um, way to take a villain, and I think it's kind of tough to do correctly. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the mid credit scene of this movie, and we'll talk way more about that later. Yes. Yeah. The mid credit scene of that movie sets up a really exciting premise for a third movie for Spider-Man and I really, really like it. It's my favorite credit scene in the MCU. I think Um, it's great. Yes. But for so many reasons, I was just like, (laughs) I would rather that have been this movie. I would rather like Mm -hmm. the, the, the first half of this movie is Peter finding out Mysterio is bad. And then the second half is Mysterio 
uh, spoilers for the movie, Mysterio yeah. leaks that, that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Like, and then yeah. him having you like that. I, I am much more interested in that movie. Plus, I think it also mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> makes the thematic uh, intent of Mysterio pop a lot better than it does in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I actually liked the way Hall played the character as just like a snobby theater kid. Like it's really <laughs> entitled like yeah. uh, theater kid and his <laughs> like, I really like that angle on, on the character. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And, and we'll talk more about this gripe later too. I, kind of want these spider-man movies to be about spider-man and not tony Stark. <laughs> yeah yeah um, so mike you i know that was kind of long-winded for me but <laughs> what did you think uh no it wasn't long-winded it kind of sums up what i thought myself um i i don't think i disliked it as much as you did but i'm definitely kind of more leaning on your side of things mm-hmm. i'm more indifferent to it like when I come to analyzing movies, sometimes I give some movies some leniency if I like the ideas behind them more mm-hmm. than the actual execution of them. And so, mm-hmm. conceptually, I kind of liked the ideas behind this movie. I agree. Um, like, I like the idea of, like, a John Hughes movie, th- which is something they're continuing from Homecoming. Yeah. Um, and it's like, but like a European trip of mm-hmm. that. And, like, a lot of the high school non superhero stuff, like... I just enjoy because you don't see that a lot in movies anymore. And it's like, pretty good. Like, it the, felt yeah. honest, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, not like, but like the feeling that you had when you were a kid and you saw your crush like hanging out with someone right. who wasn't you. And, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> oh no, like, like, no, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. Um, and like, like that kind of stuff I really enjoyed. Um, but then, like, it kind of doesn't go like in a place that I want to go either. Um, and then like, I like the idea behind Mysterio, but then I don't feel like him and Peter have enough scenes together to really legitimize that bond between them. Well, and that's because yeah. Mysterio is not concerned with Peter until the end of the movie, until the mid credits scene. Yeah. He does not become a Spider-Man villain until the mid credit scene of this movie. He's yeah. an Iron Man villain. Yeah. It, right. Mm. That Right. Is that um, the, the, the villain's motivations are off. Um, yeah, yeah, and and in, in general, his scheme doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's like, wait a minute, his plan is that like he needs more drones. <laughs> like, like he already had like a lot of drones, it seemed like, and then yeah. it's like he needs more of them. Like that seemed like a really weird. So it was like he needed more of them to create a larger effect right. that was like all four of the elementals coming mm-hmm. together because he needed to be he needed to solve quote an avengers size problem which is like this weird meta commentary about like how these sort of individual movies are that, like more and more stakes or yeah, yeah we're like like even winter soldier for as much as we love that movie yeah. here the main problem is not strictly a captain america problem like it, mm-hmm. it's an avengers sized problem right and I, yeah. I, a lot of people have said that about that movie and several of the other movies mm-hmm. so Mysterio then serves as that, but the weird thing is that the Spider-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming didn't have that problem. Like, that is a Spider-Man-sized problem right. that he gets to solve. It's, it's, yeah. it's a friendly local neighborhood problem mm-hmm. yes. that he, he gets to solve. So it's weird to insert that into this movie. Yeah. And, uh, and, go ahead. And, go for it. Oh, no, and I was going to say, and I think, like, so I said there were things I liked. I think Homecoming did better. I think 
the the villain motivation in Homecoming, I thought was done better. Like oh, I yeah. like the I, I like the idea of Mysterio, and I like even how you know with <clears throat> having like me having like background about these characters, and I love Spider Man, the universe, and stuff. I thought it was cool how they like updated Mysterio to like oh he does his like visual effects by using drones and technology instead of being like a stage like theater person oh, who yeah, like no, that part of it was excellent yeah like I, I thought that was really cool and the concept mm-hmm. but like kind of his driving motivation didn't really make sense to me like you kind of hinted at it mj but he mm-hmm. was like basically mysterio will be like the new face like fill the space of iron man so people will listen to me but then like he never actually like told us like what people would listen to him say like what, yeah like, that's true so, so that was that was kind of the disconnect for me i liked his concept as a villain like i thought all the tech stuff and how that fit into illusions and everything is like oh that's really cool that makes sense but like how it played out i was like i d- yeah, it what, didn't feel is, as satisfying to me as like the vulture in homecoming right. Like, what is he going to use that power for that he gains from it? Yes, you know? or like, like, what is his message? What are people What are people going to be listening to him say? Right, and also when an actual threat reveals itself, he's going to be revealed to be a fraud pretty quickly. So I don't really understand, like, what the end game, huh? <laughs> uh, um, like, of his plan is. Yeah. Um, but I think more than that, I have a hard time connecting with this Spider-Man in the sense that, like, I really like Tom Holland, but I'm not sure like I really relate to his struggle that much in the sense that, you know, maybe the Tobey Maguire version leaned into like the I'm a sad sack, like, or, like a lot, <laughs> like and I get dumped on constantly thing. Yeah. But there was like a very clear through line to the Raimi movies, whereas like this guy had like has choices and he always like or at least usually tries to make the right one and like it has consequences for him. Yeah, I'm not sure that this version has that clear thorough line. Like he wants to have kind of a normal life. I get that, but well, and and I think the the Maguire one, they also lean kind of heavily into the fact, which is fairly comic accurate, that he's struggles even though he's got right. all this, yeah, this power and and you know this these these superhuman abilities. Right, he is barely making rent in mm-hmm. a really bad studio right. like, apartment. We don't really yeah. see that from him and Aunt May. Like he's taking trips to Europe. You know, right? He's I'm like sure in a prep school. Yeah, like, he's yeah. in like a really advanced prep school. Like he's coming from a significantly more privileged place than yeah. than Tobey Maguire. So it's like everything's coming up Peter Parker yeah. in all aspects here. Right. Yeah. And, it's like privileged uh I don't want to say millennial because he's not even part of the millennial generation right. really. He's like what Gen, <laughs> Gen Z Gen Z, you know, like where like they think that they're struggling, but like they're really not. Like it, I, I kind of feel like that like generational aspect is playing out where I like I don't sympathize with this guy who's pretty much got it made, kinda. Yeah, and I think that this movie does try to go and do that in showing that like he doesn't really get a chance to pursue being a normal kid. Yeah, it's very se. weird to say MJ, but uh, yeah. It's to pursue MJ in the way that you know any other normal high schooler would, uh, because of his responsibilities as Spider-Man. And I think this movie kind of like touches on this, but it never. This is the thing that the entire movie like brushes past these these ideas, but never fully delves into any of them, yeah. and it's really frustrating. Even like Flash mm-hmm. gets this this like weird 
coda uh, on his story where yeah about, about like, like he's got a strange relationship with his mom yeah and it's like okay wait a minute like we're at the end of the movie <laughs> yeah, now. And you're revealing but, like new information yeah, yeah why am i about... just finding this out yeah. about this kid like either like give us that at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie or in the last movie yeah. or you know like it was just it was just weird yeah, yeah. well yeah this movie's at cross purposes because it's trying to serve a lot of different yes. masters yes. um like ideally you would have an entire movie just dealing with it fallout to end game you yeah. know and yeah with, you what's should happened to the world yeah you know and just like with average people you know yeah. like a two-hour yeah. drama just dealing yeah, with like would, yeah. broken it, families yeah and, in, in yeah. order to properly society. yeah in order to properly like wrap up the loose ends of endgame yeah you basically have to release a series on hulu that's a ken burns documentary about people's daily lives like what happened yeah right. um by the way I think people would watch that. I think they would too. I think that like Marvel kind of, uh, I think they kind of undercount how many people would actually care about that kind of thing. Yeah. And instead, they yeah. played it off as a joke in this movie, which is kind of funny. But like, it was the same time. Like, <laughs> it's really good. Like, I, I, liked, liked, I, I liked. I liked like how they introed the movie. Like, I, you the, know, it was the it was the pretty, Getty image watermark on the candles. Yes, that was pretty great. That was. Yeah. I was great. just like, man, that's so good. And just like the production levels in general. Yeah, that, with yeah. the doves behind oh, Tony. Yeah, like, that was... it, like the kids like looking at the cameras, but like not at the right time. Yeah. And, and then the kid is just like, shit is crazy. Yeah. 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 That was awesome. Um, but it treated no, like a joke, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, go ahead, Corey. I, I, I would agree with you guys. Like, I know the movie, it bounces around. And I think, Mike, your comment about, like, it has to serve too many masters. Like, I would agree with that. I think the strongest thing I can pull from the a lot of the different things happening and I and I don't know if this is like this is me trying not to read like my love of the character and just a lot of stuff I've I've read about Spider-Man stuff. But I think the the strongest through line that I can see in the film, even though there's a lot of stuff happening, is that idea of like him having to make a decision like he wants he wants a normal life. He wants to pursue MJ. He wants to like, hey. you know, in light, yes, in light of in light of the fallout of Endgame, he doesn't want to deal with that stuff, whatever, and he wants to just go do his own thing, but like he can't. And I think that was like the the strongest thing that went through the film. But obviously, there was so many distractions and other things that they had to deal with that, like, I felt like that got really muddled at times. Mm. I feel like at times it's like there you can see it's like the tension of like, oh, he goes to like, they're going to go see the opera or whatever. And then he has to leave because he has to do this other thing or Nick Fury forces him to do stuff or he has to like that Mm. is like quintessential Spider-Man. It's like having to do something at the cost of something else. And he doesn't get to have a normal life. But because this is like in a backdrop of like so many other things going on in the mcu and this other stuff i feel like it's it could be fairly easy to get distracted and kind of miss that even Mm -hmm. like his interactions with mysterio like mysterio still is like you know like you shouldn't have to do that like tony stark shouldn't have left you with that responsibility like you should just go have a normal life when he's like peter what do you want to go do like i feel Mm -hmm. like it's there but there's just a lot of stuff again like that can cloud it and yeah, so I kind of wonder like what would this movie had looked like if it didn't have to like be the fallout from Endgame, you know? Yeah. Like how I and I think that theme 
that I saw throughout the film like would be a lot stronger and I feel I like agree. it would be more magnified. And I felt like that was the thing. Again, me being like a Spider-Man fan, like that that was the biggest thing, like the strongest thing in the movie I was able to pick out. But even still, because like the pacing of the movie was so like crazy at times, I felt like it would it could be really easy to get distracted. Yeah. Well, in the the a couple things one, the pacing of this movie was insane. <laughs> yes. It was it was so like fits and starts and and just like it wasted a lot of time. Like there's this whole after he gets hit by a train, which we'll we'll talk about that sequence because that was my favorite part of the whole movie. But the 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 after he gets hit by the train and then he has like this weird little excursion in the Netherlands where he's in jail and then he has to like go and borrow a cell phone and call Happy and then Happy has to pick him up and like yeah. it's just like what are we doing? Like this movie is so resistant to ending. <laughs> and it was really fresh. I was like, I texted Mike after and I was like, that movie was 40 years long. Like I felt like I was in the theater for ever watching this movie and even even when the final conflict wrapped up like it was all this like wrap up with him and mj and then all this wrap up with fury and happy and then all this wrap up with happy and may and uh uh peter and you know flash gets his weird little coda and then we got it like ned and the the really boring white girl he was dating breakup like it was just it was really frustrating because i was like oh my gosh this is like this movie should have been over 35 minutes ago and it's still happening in front of me um it just was it was so it was and it's only a two-hour movie which is that's not like an unusual runtime for a movie that's about average and it just it's actually less than average yeah and it felt forever i felt like i was watching this movie longer than i was watching endgame Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so that was that that was frustrating um i didn't like what they did with ned so much of what makes this spider-man work is have him having ned to bounce off of and sidelining him with this like girlfriend subplot Mm -hmm. it's not a bad idea but I think it's really poorly executed. It just kind of sidelines him because I could see it like where if the relationship was driving a wedge between him and Peter, but yeah. they still seem pretty okay. Yeah. Like, well, it's mostly just played off for laughs. Yeah, yeah I mean, it just kind of turns him into a joke character, which like, he is kind of a joke. Yeah, character he is, already. but like, but like they have a friendship that's real and genuine. Yeah, and, and like it's not really explored in like any sort of real sense that like their friendship is being threatened by this it's not just like and they even address that like even yeah. ned is like hey man like i don't want you to feel alienated by the fact that i'm in right. a relationship and peter's like no man it's fine so there's right. no conflict yeah. there right well and that, and that gets back to my thing which is that i have a problem with this version of spider-man not really having like a lot of consequences to like mm-hmm. anything that's happening in his personal life mm-hmm. and how that's being affected or influencing or vice versa his superhero life um and it Maybe it's just a Marvel thing too. I just think it's like they're very resistant to like actually exploring the consequences of like some of the story beats that they put out there sometimes. And this is why I will defend Iron Man 3 because <laughs> that movie like puts Tony through the ringer. Like, say what you will about the Mandarin stuff, whatever. Yeah. That movie puts real stakes. By the way, the Mandarin stuff is good. Anyway, the, oh. that movie puts real stakes on the uh on the fact that Tony is like openly iron man 
Right. You know, like he gets wrecked in mm-hmm. that movie and really has to come back from that. And I think people get too caught up in the villain stuff in that movie and the the Mandarin twist that, you know, doesn't work for a lot of people. Yeah. And they, I think they're, you know, it's forest for the trees on that one where it's just like, yeah, but the character stuff with Tony, I think, is really, really solid in it and like really forces him to deal with the 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 fallout of of the first Avengers movie mm-hmm. and his PTSD and the fact that he's painted a huge target on his back. Well, it, it, just since we're going to go into this direction, because I mean, this movie <laughs> is kind of I mean, Spider-Man is kind of an Iron Man movie because due to the villain. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, due, yeah. Due to yeah. this Peter Parker's relationship with Tony. Right. It's kind of worth exploring some of the Iron Man stuff, too. Yeah. I would say that the character stuff in Iron Man 3 is good. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of like what it's dealing with with Tony. Where it goes wrong is I think that a lot of the air gets let out of the tire with the Mandarin stuff. Not mm-hmm. that like I think that you have to have the Mandarin portrayed a particular way, but it's just that the guy Pierce Mandarin is just kind of like weird and a joke and, and kind of strange. <laughs> yeah. Like uh-huh. he breathes fire and like they joke about like how stupid that is and like all the tension gets let out of the movie because of like mm-hmm. we don't give a shit about this villain who predictably like the other two or three Iron Man villains are just like a guy who has a grudge against him. Right. Which that's where the movie, like the plot aspect of it goes off rails. It's not like the character stuff. Right. Um, Mm. And I think that that's similar to this movie where it's just like, we have a jilted lover. I mean, former worker of, (laughs) (laughs) of Iron Man who wants revenge. And it, like, but it's even worse here because he has no relationship with Peter Parker. Like, yeah. what does Peter Parker have to do with anything? He's taking really? it out on him for no reason. Right. Yeah. He's he, taking it out on him because he knew Tony. Right. Like, like And you alluded yeah. to it earlier when you were describing the movie, which is that, like, he's getting revenge on a dead guy. <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah. like, the guy's dead. Like, what, what else is there to do at this point? Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, suck it. Tony, yeah. all right. Like, like the villains, the villains' motivation or his arc has very little to do with Peter's arc. Like yeah, you don't have like that personal side of Peter really intertwined with the villains are trying to achieve. Even in the way the Homecoming had Homecoming, yeah. there was yeah. like a clear like conflict where like the Vulture represents a significant threat to his personal life now as well. And then the only time they it gets close to that is like we said in the mid credit scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is by then it's too late. Yeah. Which also makes it kind of like uh, Jurassic world. Cause as you were saying, like the movie that you <laughs> wanted to see um, in the mid credit scene of this movie, mm-hmm. like it should have been the whole movie. Right. That's kind of what Jurassic world did at the end of its movie. Like it's the end of it, which is like they got all the dinosaurs let loose. Cause it's like, at least fuck it. Like it'd be more interesting. <laughs> than what <you> watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was trying, I was struggling to remember what happens at the end of that movie. That's yeah. how much I've blocked it, it, it out. It's with blue looking for real estate. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they just let them all out. Life finds yeah. a way. Can't afford that uh, mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> so world's best boss. So uh, yeah, it's just my gosh. It, the, the villain, like I like Jake Gyllenhaal in this movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I, I like the reveal scene of him being a bad guy, even though we all kind of suck. Kinda. Yeah, yeah. But like the, the part where he's like talking with all his of monologue. Yeah, the his monologue was great. It was, it was awesome. So good. Yeah, he his performance is really great. Like, yeah. it's, he's like having a blast and like really kind of hamming it up, but yeah. not too much. Like, mm-hmm. he's not like making a meal out of the scenery, but he's not like just kind of like nibbling it either. He plays it really nice. Yeah. I like yeah. his performance in it a lot. Yes. Yeah. 
just wish that he was tied more closely to Peter in yeah. some way. Yeah, and right. they there's one scene where he does it, and it's really good, and it's when he gives him the, like, Doctor Strange-level freak-out scene with mm-hmm. the drones, and that scene's awesome! It's some of the best character stuff in the movie. It's some of the yeah. stuff that most clearly explains the struggles that Peter is having. Yes. And it also clearly communicates that Mysterio understands Peter's what what, what makes Peter tick and why he would go after him, but he's still not really going after him a- after that point. Mm-hmm. Like it, it has no major significance on the plot. Well, it's, um, it's, it's but more it's great. Like, yeah. Like I, that sequence was like the best. And I was like, give me more of a movie with that Mysterio. That's why it was hard for me to say, like, I think Mysterio is just a bad villain. Cause they did a lot of good stuff with them. Oh, yeah. I like Jake Gyllenhaal's portrayal and that sequence in particular, I was like, that is awesome. I love being inside Spider-Man's head. Like Mysterio knows how to read him. But again, I think it just comes down to his motivation. Like yeah. and and I get like if at first Peter starts out as like, okay, Mysterio's vendetta is against Tony and Peter is just a pawn and we yeah. have to push him aside. And like that totally makes sense. It's like there doesn't always have to be a personal connection immediately. It's like, oh, this kid gets in my way, I have to stop him. But there right. should be a development of some personal connection as like they keep clashing, you know, even it's like, Oh, I get to know this kid. Like, you know, Mysterio is even like, Oh, I kind of like him, but they don't, they don't really like play that out further, you know? Right. Well, I think that's kind of a consequence of the, I don't want to say short run time, but I could see like, you know, another 15 minutes be devoted to exploring this where Mm -hmm. Like that's where the pacing aspect of it. Golly, yes. I just became a puddle. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know. The thought of it being longer is dangerous for you, but I feel like you could have enjoyed it more if it was longer, if you had cared more about the conflict. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's true. That's like that's my argument for like sometimes why why like movies that feel long should actually sometimes have more stuff in them still. Yeah. Um, or at least have a reorientation of like what it's focused on. Yeah. Um, and I mean, this is, you know, once again, the classic Marvel villain problem thing, which is just, uh, you know, this I like Mysterio. OK, which is more than I can say about some things that they've done. Yeah. But <laughs> but they just need more time with him. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you need to have like more fleshing out of what he is about. Um, but anyway, I feel like we've been dominating the conversation a lot. So, Corey, I want to give you like an opportunity to kind of sound off because you liked it more than we did. Yeah. And I mean, the stuff that I have shared and like, I, I like the movie, but it definitely does not touch like top tier Spider-Man films, which for me are still Spider-Man two and into the spider verse. Mm-hmm. Like I still go back and forth every day about like, which one is better, but like, they're just so they're just really good. I feel like they're just, they really capture the spirit of Spider-Man. So What I liked about this movie was there were elements of like, oh, like they get there's pieces of Spider-Man that I feel like Marvel really gets. But like how they are arranged in this movie, like I said earlier with the whole like the the dynamic of like Peter has to make a choice and there's a consequence. I feel like a lot of that stuff gets muddled in the movie. And like Mm -hmm. pacing was one of the things that like I like we've talked about. I felt like this movie struggled with but those elements of like i liked i liked mysterio but he didn't he lacked motivation so that's hard uh i liked 
I like some of the internal struggles Peter was having. I wish we could explore those more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I like kind of like the John Hughes ish vibe that the film goes for. And I think that's something too. You have to like if you if that's not what you want to see in your Spider Man film. Like I've mm-hmm. come to the table just expecting like okay, like when we get Spider Man in the MCU, that's more of the version we're gonna get. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And like I and I'm okay with that. I know some people are not, and so like some of the conflict with the film comes with like if you don't want that, if you just want like a straight down the line, like, you know, give me like superhero, give me the villain. Like, let's just only play that out. Like, I think there's some people who will not like the movie because of that, because it is a pretty big driver in this film. Mm -hmm. I felt like even at times it's like they diffuse things with humor and they lean into like that type of like, like the whole teen high school comedy thing, like at some parts, like even more than they did in homecoming. And so like, so if and so and sometimes those things work, I feel like a lot of stuff work. But then there's there's some times where it's like, oh, that kind of feels weird. I but, liked a lot of the stuff with MJ. I thought she was. Yeah, pretty good. she reminded me of like someone I would have liked and hung out with in high school. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they brought her more out to the forefront. So yeah. I guess all of that, like all me going into it, like kind of knowing those things and knowing I'm going to get a mix of those things. And coming to terms with like the Spider-Man I have in the MCU is very different than like mm-hmm. the Raimi trilogy um, and whatever, you know, the half Sony one, the Andrew Garfield <laughs> one that we got, yeah. you know, like I, I enjoyed the film for what it is. But yeah, like definitely all the stuff that you guys are pointing out, like that totally makes sense to me. And those were things like I noticed, too, of like, yeah, Vulture had a better character motivation than Mysterio and like Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like homecoming was more focused I left far from home kind of being like okay like I thought Spider-Man's thing was like they were trying to like pull the focus so that the story was smaller and I was like and I guess it was a smaller story but it still wasn't at the same time because it was like end game fallout and it's like Avengers level threat whereas like Vulture felt very like hey this is like a New York thing Spider-Man, mm-hmm. you deal with it. And it was kind of like him having to prove himself. Like, I don't need help. But yeah, so there's just a lot of stuff that this new Spider-Man just contextually is like really different. And there's some cool things that we get to explore, like some of his relationship with like him and Tony, which I wish they would have explored more about that in this film. I thought it was like, oh, this is going to be like a primary like driving factor for him where it didn't really feel like it was like we got a few pieces of it. Yeah. But, but I don't like, I was like, Oh, like he's going to really process like Tony's death and like how that affects him and stuff. And I don't really feel like there was a ton of that. So just, I guess all that stuff to say, like there, it definitely was like scattered. And I think there was like a thematic through line, but it just got really muddled by stuff. But overall, like I, I enjoyed, you know, like, I don't think it's the best Spider-Man, but I enjoyed it more than, like, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, sure. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 So, it's not like a disaster. No, uh, I, no. I, I still think I came out on the side of, even though I was indifferent, I was like, well, I, I guess I kind of liked it. I, I, <laughs> I, you know what? I really like Tom Holland as Peter. Yeah. I think he gets some scenes that are really good that he, he gets to. There's the scene on the plane with Happy when he's stitching him up, and he finally, like, 
has like an outburst of grief mm-hmm. and yeah. uh i really like that scene a lot like seeing tom holland kind of get to stretch his legs a little bit like that was really nice and i thought he did a really good job i think he's a good actor yeah, i think he's I, a perfect peter parker um yeah. i i think he i think more than any actor who has portrayed that character he rides the line of peter parker and spider-man really well mm-hmm. yes he you does. know he does. um so I, yeah, there's a lot to like about this movie. I, you know, I, but like I said, I liked Zendaya. I thought she was good. I thought she had the best kind of whole arc over the movie mm-hmm. as far as like being something cohesive that was focused the entire time on, yeah. on stuff. Um, you know, I think her and uh, like, I mean, I guess you could make an argument for Ned, but I just didn't like it. I just didn't like how, how, they didn't use the relationship between Ned and Beth. Am I just guessing white girl names? Um, <laughs> it was something like that. It, it, it's Betty, right? Was it Betty? Okay. I, I don't remember. Yeah, it started with a B. I know that. Um, but I didn't like that they didn't use it to really further anything related to him and Peter's relationship or hinder that relationship at all. It just kind of sidelined him. Because mm-hmm. maybe he had other commitments or whatever. Like, I don't know. That was that was really frustrating to me. Uh, I yeah. mean, I guess you could say, like, the teachers had a good arc over the course of it. <laughs> they, you know? were, they were fun. And again, leaning into that, like, high school yeah, yeah. spirit. Like, if that's the type of movie you want. I definitely think, like, as I hear you guys, and I'm thinking more critically about this movie since I've first seen it, I think it definitely is crippled by the weight of coming after Endgame, having Mm -hmm. to kind of wrap that up and have to deal with the realities of like, okay, this is the state of that world now. So our Spider-Man story has to like incorporate these things and then having to kind of set the stage for stage four. Like I would have loved to see this movie if like, you know, it wasn't the fallout of Endgame. The MCU is still existing as it is. And like, Mm -hmm. Spider-Man could really like it could really be a thing where it's like oh he's going after Mysterio's going after Iron Man but maybe Iron Man like Iron Man is not there or doesn't want to deal with it and so then it becomes like Spider-Man tries to stop him and so it becomes like more of their like they build that relationship of like oh he is Spider-Man's villain and still get to play up more of the like him trying to really talk to MJ, but it would be like a smaller contained story. And like, you could still do all the stuff with like Mysterio and like the whole false, like the illusions and like the elementals and stuff, but not have to do all the like, Oh, like we're trying to do this so I can be the new Iron Man and like all the Avengers stuff. And like, Oh yeah, the blip stuff. And like, I just feel like it, like there's a good, there's a good like heart of this film Mm -hmm. and it just gets, it just kind of gets crippled because it has to do all these other things. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, just to kind of follow up on the one thing that I've been kind of harping on um, with regards to the consequences and this and that versus the Raimi trilogy or what you know you think maybe is classic depictions of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this version of Spider-Man has been somewhat crippled by the decision to avoid Uncle Ben and retelling that story. And I understand the purpose behind it, which is that, does anybody really want to see Uncle Ben die again? 
Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, that's that's ultimately the reason why they've avoided it. And they've made Tony kind of like his dad. Yeah. Um, instead yeah. of Uncle Ben. But their reluctance to delve into that and to ever really utter with great power comes great responsibility um, is I think it's kind of like. Like you can't, I, that is like a fun a foundational part of the character. Yes. And like the constant avoidance of it means that they're kind of like contorting themselves in a way to like get around what is natural about the character. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and, uh, to piggyback off that point, like I know people have their problems with Batman v Superman. I'm kind of indifferent to that movie. It's whatever, but a I lot of people that think it's I sure. hate it so much. So one of the things that people complain about is like, oh, we see this, the Waynes die again. And yeah. it's like, yeah, in the like, opening couple seconds, mm-hmm. guys, like that is, if that's legitimately a criticism that you have about that movie, you're looking for things to hate about that movie. No, like, there's right. so many other things to hate about that movie. <laughs> that's, and, yeah. like, <laughs> and actually, that seems fairly well done. Yeah, so. yeah. well, Snyder, Snyder always has pretty good opening credits. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that like seeing those things repeated like it's we don't go back and like follow them for throughout the entire night at the theater up until the point they get robbed it's literally as like the names of who's in the movie are coming up yeah that that we see that and so i never understood that criticism of that movie i thought that was really bad mm-hmm. criticism and i think the the, the reluctance to, to go again or to go and show uncle ben is a similar reaction to what would be bad criticism. I think, mm-hmm. you know, if you, I, I'm not saying we got to go do an entire origin movie of him again, no, but like, of course not. give him no. a flashback. It's fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. He would, it's a, it's a memory he would have. Yeah. yeah. You know? Right. Like, and, and that would be informing his decision-making. Yeah. You know I mean, and that, yes, that's my problem with this, which is that, because I agree with you, it's bad criticism with, with regards to Batman. But then if it had happened in these movies, I'm sure that people would have groaned at it. But it also would have been bad criticism there. Yeah. Because yeah. this this is an important aspect of this character. Yeah. And, you know, maybe this is like my academic background or whatever. But, like, it's like starting off, like, a thesis in the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, yeah. you, and you don't understand, like, what the opening paragraph is telling you what well, this paper is about. And also, yes. you know. You know, let's look at a lot of people think Spider-Verse is the best mm-hmm. Spider-Man movie. They tell that story six different times yeah. in that same movie. Right. Yeah. And it's fine. Right. And, but you know what? It made me understand where all six of those people were coming from. Because yep. that's the driving force of Spider-Man. Right. And like the refusal to acknowledge it, I think, is hampering these movies. Like, I mean, I like Civil War a lot. But the way that, like, the tortured-ass way they went around trying to say with great power comes great responsibility was, like, when you have power and you don't do anything with it and people get hurt, then it's on you. And I was like, just freaking say the words. Like, you know, like, like why did you have, like, like, a sentence that was three times as long when you could have, like, gotten that across in, like, you know, the traditional way? He could yeah. have just um, said it. He could have yeah. literally just said it. We don't – they're, like – we didn't have to see a flashback or anything, but that would have been enough to be right. like, oh, and the, the weird crap thing with his uncle. Like, when Homecoming was coming out, John Watts was like, I don't know if he has an Uncle Ben. And then I was, I saw an interview with him about this one, and he was like, yes, he has an Uncle Ben. Mm. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, that, that's like not something 
that you should like be waffling on is that like th this should be a part of this character's established history and yeah. it's informing all of his decisions as a hero thereafter you yeah. know yeah um, and like i get people being wary of seeing these things over and over again i mean that might be an argument why we shouldn't have reboots reboots of these things thousands <laughs> of times but like if we're gonna have a reboot of this thing, then we probably need to explain what motivates this character. I'm just saying, yeah. like that that's kind of like a general storytelling concept. Yeah. <laughs> and I would agree with you, Mike. And I think maybe like because we've seen it so much, Marvel just at this point assumes, but I still think like that is a really good thing to have in storytelling. Yeah. Like but it also goes entirely unmentioned. Like mm -hmm. it's no one has even kind of tried to bring it up. Yeah, that, and that's something that's actually been really frustrating with me. And I'm glad we're getting to talk about it because I'm like, yeah. why is no one talking about this? <laughs> like, this is actually like really important to explain like why this character feels like he doesn't have like a lot of consequences to his decisions or anything like that. Because and it all stems from that initial decision not to cover that subject. And yeah. I mean, I feel like it's the same thing that Captain Marvel, which I mean, I don't know how you felt about it, Corey, but. It was so tortured and trying to avoid doing the origin story. It actually yeah. made me not care for her because I didn't understand what motivated her until yeah, like exactly. the very end of the movie. Well, right. even then, I would still say that's debatable. Like, yeah. if you still know what motivates her. So. Oh, oh, yeah. I agree. I still was kind of confused. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was being like somewhat charitable to the yes. people who did like it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it's like overthinking like what is basic storytelling, which is that you should probably like be on the same page as your main character, like as an audience yes. member. Which is yes. weird because I think one of Marvel's strengths, especially in the beginning, was doing really solid basic storytelling groundwork. Right. And now they're just, they're so caught up in the, ugh, we know people don't like origin stories anymore. Like they, they just want to get to the meat of the stuff that like they're, they're trying too hard to avoid it. And it's making you like not have the same connection to the characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, the best way to do it, I think, was Black Panther. Black Panther backdoored the origin story into another movie, and then it let the uh, the actual standalone movie kind of deal with other stuff. Yeah, and they still, still referenced was, it, and they, right, still, and they referenced still referenced it in Black Panther. Right. Yeah, yeah, and and it was and still Black Panther the movie still was kind of an origin story still. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. but it was done in a different way. But at least got you on the same page of the character and like yes. and what he stands for and what motivates him. Um, what his relationship with his dad is, his family, yeah. you know, his responsibilities. Yeah, and it's an origin of how he becomes king. Right. right? It's a king's origin story. Correct. Yeah. So um, there is so there is a way to avoid the usual tropes of this and do it well. Um, and, but I don't know, this like second phase of Marvel heroes, I, I would say Doctor Strange is kind of the same-ish as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Captain Marvel and Spider-Man, they all kind of got this issue where I... I'm not sure I'm completely on board with like what their motivations are, <laughs> what they stand for or anything. I would push back on like... Doctor Strange a little bit. Well, because Doctor Strange is, is just kind of a copy of Iron Man. So it's yeah. like it's someone that hears the closest to that. Yeah. Um, but I, well, I don't know. I, I didn't feel it as much. Go ahead. Mike, I, would, I was going to say, do you feel like with Spider-Man, because I'm totally tracking with you and yeah. it's hard because I have all this history with Spider-Man. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of the stuff that I can infer. Yeah. Do you feel like in Homecoming, like I'm thinking particularly of like the scene when like he goes and confronts Vulture for the last time and he breaks all the stuff and all the stuff, the building falls on him and he sees mm -hmm. himself in the reflection. And I think Tony says like, 
something like if you don't if you can't do it without the mask you don't deserve it or whatever yeah. or something oh. like that <laughs> do you feel like that like conveyed enough of like what his motivation was like moving forward so marvel feels like oh yeah like we covered that in homecoming so we don't need to like revisit that every time we see spider-man or do you feel like that was still inadequate i felt like that was trying to address the problem in that movie itself which is like Peter's desire to like want to be part of the Avengers without having like earned it yeah. kind of. Yeah. And so it was addressing that particular issue, but it wasn't dealing with like the issue of like being a superhero and what like really motivates his like moral compass. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like I, I think there's like a distinction and it sounds like probably really minor and dumb to people, but to me it was not really summing up his character completely. Yeah. I think there is an aspect of, well, I mean, like you can see at the core of what motivates Spider-Man, it's like great power comes great responsibility. There's like that guilt component mm -hmm. because yes. he knew what was right and he chose not to do it. And then unfortunately, like someone died and it was his uncle. I mm -hmm. feel like because of like deciding or to not acknowledge that it, you kind of end up in this place where it's like, I think what the motivation in Homecoming, like I think it worked for the overall like character arc of the film but then yes. like moving forward it's still kind of like we still haven't said with great power comes great responsibility <laughs> yeah. and that thing that motivated him in homecoming was like him like it's not the same thing it's related it's yeah. similar and you can infer great power mm -hmm. comes great responsibility but it's not one to one and so i think that kind of gets confusing when you're like watching far from home and it's like oh but he like is struggling to make a choice and to do what's right but you don't really know like why is this a struggle for yes. him yeah i agree with that um and i think that these movies are leaning a little too much on not now it's not just like a problem of it's leaning on your knowledge of other marvel movies which is like what they come to expect it's yeah. not leaning on like your pop culture knowledge of what spider-man is and other things and i like, I'm already wary of these other movies, like, having been <laughs> dependent on themselves. But now it's like, you have to in infer or input so much other stuff from outside, the even the movies themselves now, into the, to really get, like, a comprehensive view of the character. I think that's bad storytelling. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and, and that's not really, like, a problem with Far From Home itself. I just think it's a problem with this Marvel conception of Spider-Man in general. Yeah, because I think back, like, we're talking about Spider-Man, I think through, like, the Raimi trilogy, um, where it's, like, there is a coherent through line through, like, the yes. whole trilogy. But even, like, just watching each movie in itself, it's, they're not so interdependent on each other. Like, it's weird. Mm -hmm. They are, but they're not. Like, you can just watch Spider-Man 2, which is the one I always tell people just to go to. It's the best right. one. And you can like pick up with Spider-Man and not having seen the first one and you still get the sense of what motivates him. You have yeah. that flashback scene with Uncle Ben. You're seeing like you understand what his internal struggle is like mm -hmm. and what motivates him where it's like and you could pick that up in, in any of them. Yes. Where it's cool. like in these movies now, it's kind of like like you said, you're having to infer a lot from other movies and from your knowledge of Spider-Man. And so yeah. if you just come into this not watching even not watching homecoming like just seeing him in other movies you're kind of like okay like spider-man does stuff but you yeah. might not know like what's why. driving him yeah yeah and i'm a big fan of like 
look, you you can have like a series that's going on like fifty thousand sequels in, but yeah, getting everybody on the same page like as quickly as possible, I think, is really important. I think that's an aspect of good storytelling, just yeah. in general. Um, so I, I I come at this from two ways. There is certainly like the Stanley idea of every comic is someone's first comic. Mm -hmm. So you see, yeah. if you read right. comics pretty regularly, you see them tend to almost over explain stuff. Yeah. But it's the idea that like there's always going to be new readers. Yeah. Um, but then I look at something like the Fast and Furious movies and there's never like a previously on. Yeah. Um, and I really appreciate about those movies because if something is nine, ten movies in, mm -hmm. You should probably catch up with it. Like it is your responsibility to yeah, have yeah. been caught up on it at this point. Mm -hmm. so, I, I yeah, and I agree with that. And I think about like John Wick two and how you could almost watch John Wick two without having seen one. Like oh, I feel like I yeah, feel that like, intro scene is perfect. Yeah, for, it, like, it sets up mm -hmm. everything you need to know about yep. like who John Wick was. And it's dope. Yeah, it, right. <laughs> and it was like, also a great scene. Um, and that's kind of the reason why like, I feel like two actually works fairly well as a standalone movie still. Yeah, I, say, like, I, and, I think so. And so um, there are ways to do it cleverly, cleverly um, without making it feel like it eats up too much time or whatever and presenting it badass, you know, yeah. like John Wick did. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my argument for sometimes telling like redundant, what or maybe seemingly be redundant stories. Yeah. To well, and, and, but I think it also can be dependent too yes. because like, you know, you could argue that the Indiana Jones movies are standalone, but mm -hmm. they are those are really individual. Like those movies are not connected at all. Right. There's no through line to any of those yeah, movies. Correct. Um, but then something like Star Wars is very heavily connected. Yes. Yeah. Um, and heavily dependent on you watching all of them. Yes. <laughs> um, so I mean I think it's just kind of two different modes to it. And I don't know that there's like a wrong way to do it necessarily. No, I, I I would agree with that. Sorry, go but ahead. But I but no, but I feel like there's not a wrong way to do it, but then like when you either way that you decide to do it, like I feel like it still has to be done in a clear, discernible mm -hmm. way. And I think that was some of what Far From Home struggled with because it's like, yeah, we're going to choose to go this way and like not give people, you know, like backstory. We're more dependent on other things. But there, it, the story was still like we've talked about the pacing and the structure was kind of all over the place. So that made... <laughs> the way that we're supposed to like understand and infer about Spider-Man, it made it more difficult, you know? Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I think, don't know. I, what I, nope. I get it, but I also am kind of like, uh, well, you probably should have seen Endgame. Like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know when, when, when something becomes as big of a phenomenon as like Endgame mm -hmm. was, I feel like if, if you're like, oh, I don't know, I'm just going to go see this. Like, you're just being ironic and dumb at mm. this point. You know, like you're you're doing it for the attention of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So see, but we're in this we're in this place now with these Marvel movies. And this is this is not to like knock the MCU, but like pr like we're at a place now where it's like, you know, in <laughs> previously in the MCU, you could watch like Iron Man and Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3 and like, even though there was other films that happened in between them, they were still like mostly like, you know, it's like you could infer you could see a, a character arc through them between yeah. Homecoming and Far From Home. So much has happened yeah. that like does not get addressed. Whereas like, you know, we can think about like Iron Man one. It's like his Genesis, Iron Man two, like some other personal stuff he has to deal with. Iron Man 3, it's like more of the psychological, like him dealing with that. There's still like a clear character arc there where it's like, 
from homecoming to far from home it's like it it doesn't necessarily feel like that all the yeah. time you know well, well especially because you watch homecoming and it's like he wants to be a hero and be accepted by everybody and then you watch the next movie and it's like he doesn't want to be a hero anymore <laughs> he wants to like live a life and it, it, it's kind of like whoa what like kind of so, like a little bit of whiplash there but okay yes i agree my rebuttal to that, though, is that that character has showed up in different movies. Yeah, right. Yes, yeah. Yes. That, that is, yes. that, and that yes. is what's informing that. Yes. And so it's not just like Homecoming happened and then, and then Endgame happened right. yes. and yes. he's not part of that story mm -hmm. and then Far From Home happens. Yes. Right. And you're like, well, why the hell was he? Like, what, what do you mean he disappeared? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. um, like, you know that if you yes. kept yes. up the movie. So he's, yeah. he has shown up and been a an active participant in the events of these other things. It's not just like. Oh yeah, well all that was happening. Here's what happened to Spider-Man. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, I don't mean to yeah. be like disingenuous with any of yeah, that. I just yeah. I just think it's something that's kind of weird that now we're losing because you you can't view you know a certain trilogy independent of anything. Oh, I see. You know. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what I was. That's why I was right. saying that. And that's not it's not a knock on the MCU. I'm just kind of like yeah. this is the state of where we're at. Where it's like early MCU, you could look at more at like a, you know. Yes. Yeah. And I yeah. kind of like that a little bit more. Um, I mean, actually, you know, I was making that John Wick comparison of how, like, you could watch that movie without having seen the first one. Uh, Winter Soldier is, is probably the better example of this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Winter Soldier, he goes to the, the Smithsonian Museum and he sees, like, the, all the yeah. stuff about him. Yeah. And, like, that summed up everything in the last movie, basically. Well, and, and it, it yeah. on the same page Even Iron Man 3 gives him the flashback to when he was through the portal in Avengers. Right. You know, yep. um, yeah. and, but like you understood, OK, that's what this character is about. This this or who his friends were mm -hmm. thus setting up, you know, who the eventual villain reveal was. Right. Like it got you all on the same page, like really quickly. Um, and so I, I don't know. I think that's like a better way to handle this stuff. I'm not saying it's the only way and it, or should be only done this way. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. just think. And I think plus you also have to take it within the context of how recently these other movies featuring the character. Come yeah, out, because. Yeah. I mean, Spider-Man was just in a movie two months ago. Right. You know, so yes. I, I think that informs it in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Too. Well, I'm not expecting them to go over like the events of Endgame like, <laughs> a lot. I'm just saying like in general, this avoidance of explaining who these people are yeah. fundamentally yeah, yeah, yeah. is the yeah. issue. But uh, well, I think that'll do it. This was a much longer episode than I intended uh, because I didn't have that much to say about Spider-Man. I thought <laughs> uh, I, I didn't like it. <laughs> um, oh, there you go but uh, uh I, it's not, it doesn't matter because you've seen it already yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah they, they probably have yep so and i you know what i'm not i, I can't even not recommend not seeing it like it's so, i, I don't it's like not, it but, it's, it's, but you can say it's not the worst spider-man film no yeah no not at all not. and i mean i liked captain marvel less than i like this and yeah. yes uh like I, I also wouldn't say don't see that movie. So I definitely yeah. can't say don't see this movie. Um, this is not but, the best Spider-Man film. There's like four other movies that I would say go watch before this one. But it's still yeah. fun. I still yeah, enjoyed fine. it. That's fine. You know. I could just uh, like watch Spider-Verse or play Yeah, Spider-Verse is on Netflix. Just yeah. go watch that. I'll yeah. Play. Or go watch Spider-Man 2. Yeah. yeah. Man. The PlayStation game is great too. Yeah, yes, it is. I really like the PlayStation game. I'm not gonna lie. I think that was my favorite interpretation of Spider-Man. Besides, that, really, that was. Really I haven't good. finished it yet, so yeah. I. It's I, so I good. Just, yeah, it, it ends on a really good note. Okay. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it I does. I love Spider-Verse so much. Spider-Verse is a movie that when it ends, I want to watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that movie. Um, 
anyway, yep, that's Spider-Man. Uh, yep. You guys have anything else? Uh, I think we pretty much exhausted. Yeah, everything. we did. Yeah, I think wow. we did. Hey, it's <laughs> like the MCU, guys. It's yeah, like, hey, oh. take some notes. Uh, uh, you know what? The good news is that Black Widow doesn't come out until like May next year, so we're done talking about the MCU. Yeah, we're done talking about the MCU. Wow. wow. Talking about superhero movies. Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think this is the last Ooh. superhero movie of the year. We did it, guys. Yeah. Wow. We only have one more of these Disney things, like because yeah. we're going to do a Lion King episode. Yeah. Um, and then we're done with those. I mean, Star Wars, but that doesn't like count as like the Disney things, right. you know. Plus, that's like a huge break because it's in December. Um, uh, so, <laughs> I'm so excited, Mike. Oh, oh I'm really excited for that episode. I'm really excited for that episode. That's Here we go. That's the one I'm looking forward to the most. Buckle up. Buckle here. up. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go and tap into something fierce again. <laughs> but, I mean... I mean, I hope I like it. But well, sure, but also yeah. like I don't want you to force hate on it too. If you're no, like, no, of course weird. not. I, mean, I don't know. That was you had a pretty visceral reaction, Mike, to Last Jedi. Yeah. So, yeah, sure, but like I, I, you know, that that movie's gonna. I should wrap this up. Hang on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not. Yeah. Uh, until next time, Zendaya is Michi. <laughs>